Welcome to the Just Law Solicitors Move to Spain podcast. I'm John Tell, Director of Legal, and I'm with... I'm Sean. I am Marketing and Business Development at Just Law Solicitors. All right. Now, because... Because we're well, <laughs> you're half. I was going to. I was going to say you're Canadian. But what do we say? You're half Canadian. I mean, I'm half Canadian. I'm Canadian by law. I lived there for ten oh, years. Right. I, I was born in the UK, so I've got both passports. And, and, stuff. and because I'm English, we're going to start off with. We always start off with a discussion about the weather. Then <laughs> small, a bit of small talk, classic British, uh, British <laughs> tradition. Yeah, if you ever meet a British person, you and instigate a conversation with them. You have to talk about the weather for a while. So what? So what have we got today? Blue skies, about twenty. That'd be about right. I don't know. Well, we're recording remotely today, so we're in slightly different positions. But I'm in the office in Fuengirola, and here it's it's quite cloudy actually. It was very sunny and hot yesterday, but a bit overcast today. I think over here. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a bit further along the coast. Um, yeah, I'd say blue sky, a little bit cooler than yesterday. Yesterday was like a really good summer's day in England. It was so hot. It was so nice. Yeah, 30, and it was the 13th of uh, February yesterday. Yeah, this could be the, the Valentine's Day special, yeah, but we no, don't really no. have anything Valentine's related. Apologies. <laughs> oh, oh, oh well uh, yeah I'll, I'll take it i like a bit of valentine's day love so um it's, it's just <laughs> right, right, i'll leave you you could deal with that okay um i'll find, I'll find something <laughs> cute to put in to make it a valentine's day special all right okay so we can start we can start we always start with the news yes. and then we have a bit of a, a discussion in the second part and then in the third part we we answer your questions unless someone's got a better idea you get in touch with us at um business at justlostlisters.com or you join the move to spain facebook group we're quite happy to adapt to whatever people want so what have we got in the news then today so a couple of um a couple of stories the first one is about minimum wage um it's been increased across spain it's uh increased by five percent uh for 2024 and it's been signed by the minister of work yolanda diaz um, so that means that if you come to Spain and you have uh, the right to work, the new minimum annual salary is 15,875 euros. So if you're going to be getting paid monthly, that works to about 1,323, which is very reasonable um, if you take into account the cost of living. Um, and just as a sort of a side note to that, Despite the rises in uh, minimum wage, Spain has created more jobs uh, than any other EU country since 2018. So the economy is strengthening here uh, and it's definitely a good place for opportunity. Yeah, I think in Spain, people get paid in 14 payments, don't they? Yeah, it's, it did say here, there was a side note, if you get paid in 14 payments, it works out to about 1,134 per month. Yeah, sometimes people get two payments in the summer and two payments at Christmas, which which is quite good, isn't it? If you're not if you're not yeah, too yeah. fiscally responsible, um you get you get your Christmas money given to you by your um, employer and your summer holiday money given to you by your employer. So you get paid yeah. 14 times. That's pretty good. I, I think yeah. I like that. We should adopt that in the UK. <laughs> yeah, stop stop people spending spending their money at the wrong wrong time of wrong time of year. So yeah, like Sean did touch on that. Obviously, if you um if you come to Spain, it doesn't automatically mean you've got a right to work. You're in the EU, or you've got an EU passport, you're married to a, a, an EU citizen, or you're in a civil partnership with an EU citizen, then then you would have the 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 right to work. Uh, if not, then of course you would need the 
the necessary visa. <laughs> we and we won't go down that rabbit hole. We go down that rabbit hole in every <laughs> every podcast where we bring Anna in and we start talking about visas. That we'll 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 give that a miss for today. Yeah, I mean, if you are interested in hearing more about visas, the first episode we did have, as John just mentioned, the interview with Anna, our specialist visa lawyer. So give that a listen if you are interested. Yeah, Anna's um, Anna's just literally in the next office. So when we think of anything, we just go, we just go and grab her and and ask ask her questions. But but no, not today. We'll we'll let her get on today. We'll let her have a day off. It's been very busy in the office recently, so we'll let her work in peace. Um, the second piece of news I have is about the well. I've got two pieces of aviation news today. The first one is that Ryanair, the low cost carrier is in the works of agreeing to inject 5 billion euros into Spain over the next almost decade, I think about seven years. They had a meeting with Pedro Sanchez, the prime minister, that was the CEO, Michael O'Leary. And they've said that they want to increase their passenger volume in Spain. So at the minute, they're sitting around 55 million passengers a year, and they want to bring that to 77 million. They're hoping to do this by expanding the routes the minute they've got 730 and they want to expand it to 1000 by 2030 so in the next six or so years they also want to invest in new aircrafts 33 new ones and establish five new bases in spain essentially the goal of this is to establish stronger connections with the more regional airports in spain so at the minute a lot of the times if you're moving somewhere a bit more rural in spain you have to fly to a more major airport and then connect whether it be by train by bus or renting a car so yeah. hopefully within the next decade we see a more connected spain which is pretty good on on a similar note as well the next piece of news was that british airways i'll just do them together because they are very similar British Airways is looking to start doing sort of connecting routes through the UK to the US because at the moment it's very difficult to get to the US from Spain without going through somewhere like Madrid and Barcelona. And even then, the routes that they do offer are very limited. For example, from Malaga, there's only a seasonal route in the summer that goes to Newark from Malaga, and that is the only way to get to the US. So hopefully, over the next little bits, we start seeing... Uh, a better connected Spain with the rest of the world. I know that you recently went from Spain to America and and, and back again. You yes. had to go it via Madrid. Yeah, no, it was a bit of a, a nightmarish journey. I had to go from Malaga to Madrid, Madrid to Charlotte, and then Charlotte onto my final destination. And on the way back, I had to do, uh, I had to go through Charlotte and then Philadelphia and then London, then Madrid, then Malaga because the oh. more direct flight was about two times the price um right. hopefully the introduction of these routes avoids me ever having to do that again and we'll have some more more direct routes i do remember when there was a lot of flights to granada there's a little airport well not that little there's an airport in granada and that's hopefully more flights come back to that airport because it's very useful for people who want to live in you know an inland area of spain but also, when we talk to Lisa in podcast two, don't limit yourself to Spain. If you're flying to Spain, just remember that, if, for example, if you're going to the north of Spain, you can go to Porto in Portugal. It's the EU. So you don't even know that you've crossed over the border. So don't think, oh, my my plane has to land in, in Spain. You know, there's airports very, very close to, to Spain that you, that you can use. And what I would say as well for people listening from abroad, Ryanair, everybody in Europe loves to loves to hate Ryanair. 
Yeah. But we all use Ryanair. <laughs> it's the one everybody loves to. Take. It is very cheap, but at the end of the day, you sort of get what you pay for. So yeah. I, yeah, I think you'd... I think when expectations aren't as high, there's less room for disappointment. So it gets the job yeah. done. Yeah, Ryanair is excellent. Say, for example, you're looking to um, fly from America or Canada to to Europe, and you, the plane goes to I don't know Berlin, for example. Well, you know, don't despair because traveling inside of Europe by plane, especially if you use Ryanair, it's very, very economical. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that's what even I've done before. I've booked sort of, uh, if I'm looking to get to Canada to see my family or the US, I'll book a very cheap flight to the UK with Ryanair from Malaga and then do the transatlantic leg on a separate ticket because it's just a lot cheaper. Yeah, I mean, Ryanair, again, we all love to hate them. We sit on Ryanair, we all complain, but we're all on that plane going somewhere. Yeah, that's, that, still that's, in business. So <laughs> that that that's that's the thing. Um, the other thing is there's an app for Ryanair you can use, so you can play about and see what see what the prices are. Obviously, watch out for things like school holidays in the UK and Spain. This week we're recording this in February. It's what's called half term in England, which means that uh, all the schools have a week off, so that pushes up the prices. So if you looked at, so for example cost of flights this week be significantly more expensive than the cost of a flight next week absolutely i mean it's all about being flexible with your plans really but yeah i mean there is people i mean it's beyond the scope of this podcast but i've seen people say uh always clear your your history go on a vpn when you book a flight always try and do it on a wednesday i i, I don't know there'll, there'll be somebody more knowledgeable I, mean, I don't know I, I feel like these days that's more sort of like an urban legend I feel like oh, is it from from when I've been comparing and stuff it doesn't seem to change that much even if you go through all the the rigmarole of doing all of that oh uh, right that's, oh well there you go so... to just sort of book early enough but not not too far in advance because they do jack up the price if you book you know like a whole year out it's just sort of a set price it's not until a few months out that the prices start to change yeah I mean yeah so getting to Spain is 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 quite affordable and as we all our gold standard advice is come and come and visit spain before you before you rent and rent before you you buy um so yeah it's, we encourage people to to come and visit thankfully it's not horrendously expensive to to fly to spain no absolutely not and then the only other last little bit of news i have today is about housing prices in Mercia, if you're thinking of checking out that region. Um, they've continued to climb each month over the last year, um, mainly due to inflation across the entire economy. Um, but the at the minute, the average housing price at the region is about €1,192 per square metre, which works out to be about a 9 or 10% increase from uh, the same month last year. Um, wow. And then that is just a five, 0.5% increase from December. Um, so house prices are going up. I, you know, that's more if you're thinking about maybe a golden visa investing, uh, or if you're just thinking of when to time you'll move for it. it just seems like the prices are only going up and up in that area. Yeah, we, we do. We do encourage people to rent first, but don't rent for too long because after a while, it would be a it would be a loss leader unless you had some kind of um, private income or, or something. J just be careful because if you've got some money in the bank and you're earning 
four or five or six percent and the inflation is ten percent and you're renting you know you just gotta you just gotta balance all the plates in the air and decide what's best for you but you know you should really be renting for like 12 18 months get an idea of what it's like living in spain yeah. uh again beyond the scope of this podcast when you buy in spain there is a hefty um purchase tax in england we call it stamp duty and depending on where you are in spain it can be as high as 10 percent. so you don't want to buy a property and then find that it's not for you so it's a question of just juggling all the scenarios uh but don't rent don't rent for too long because you you could lose money i think as well also there's the capital gains tax right which we kind of touched on last week yeah you know, that's you yeah know, that's an, right? yeah that's another thing for the you know visit rent first take advice from a lawyer regarding the the property purchase but also take advice on the capital gains tax and if you listen again if you listen to the end of i think it was podcast two i talk about capital gains tax here in spain just because you're exempt in your in your home country you're not you're not here so listen have a listen to to that in podcast two at the end well that is sort of the end of all the news that i had prepared for us this week um so just another week of interesting developments here in spain um we'll take a quick break and then we will we'll come back with our next segment welcome back to part two of the podcast and we're going to talk about the cost of living in spain now we did think well who can we get to talk about the cost of living in spain well not really anybody so we thought well sean and i could do it because i've been here for eight years living here permanently sean lives here permanently so we um we thought we'd talk about the cost of living and probably sean being a younger person probably does things differently differently <laughs> to me someone in the in the 50s so yeah let's let's just talk about cost of living because i know a lot of people are, are interested in the prices of things in spain well yeah i think i mean the main thing that always everybody loves to talk about is always the cost of eating out um, right, right. breakfast lunch and dinner i found I, here that you can find some quite i've been kind of shocked actually i'll tell you what there's a place right by the office um that does like bocadillos with jamón y queso and it costs two euros for a sandwich and i'm absolutely gobsmacked by that because if you got the same thing in london it would definitely be about seven pounds um i mean that's just for a sandwich so I don't really go out for breakfast. I tend to have breakfast at home because I'm so busy. I've mastered stuffing my face with muesli and fruit and toast, just basically so I can get through to the Spanish lunchtime, which is about 3 p.m., 2 or 3 p.m., some people even later. But I have noticed most places do breakfast for three or four euros. You get a, a, a coffee and what's called a tostada, which is like a huge piece of baguette. The further inland you go, the bigger it gets. And you can have tomatoes on it, like a tomato puree, like a tomato sauce on it mixed with garlic. You can have ham, cheese, marmalade. That's sort of the Spanish breakfast. And of course, near the coast, you have the English breakfast, which range from five or six euros up until... 10 euros but if you can if you if you can face if you can face that yeah it's not so bad i mean like i said i i usually go for like the sandwich kind of thing but i do tend to pop into mercadona 
before work because that's when it's most stocked. It's an interesting thing about the supermarkets here. I'm very used to kind of them stocking things throughout the day. But here it seems to be that they just do one stock in the morning and as things run out, that is it. There's no chance to get anything else. So if you go in the morning, loads of stuff, loads of options. I, they go to the bakery section. They have really cheap pastries, so like 40 cents for a croissant. Uh, they have some nice mixed salads that you can get. Um, you can get the tortilla as well. All very cheap, a couple of euros maximum. So there's loads and loads of options. A tortilla is like a, an omelette and they're very... Very popular here in Spain. Very tall. They eat them cold with, with the potatoes in the omelette. Tortilla potatoes is a very common Spanish uh, dish. Yeah, and I I really enjoy it. I mean, it's one of those things that you can get at a tapas restaurant as well. But they the ones that you can get in the supermarket are just as nice as well. Lunch in Spain for for us foreigners probably st starts at about two o'clock, but the Spanish arrive about three o'clock. That would be about right, wouldn't it? yeah definitely 100% I mean I I haven't really changed my eating habits that much I've noticed in the office that the other people eat a lot later than I do but it gets to about 12 o'clock and I start to get hungry so I haven't converted myself there unfortunately I think I think it took me years to be able to get through to the Spanish the Spanish lunchtime uh and you know for all having a meeting at lunchtime we're all going out at three o'clock I'm re put it this way, I'm ready to eat my, <laughs> eat my lunch at three o'clock. But lunch, lunch in, in Spain, obviously it's like anywhere else in the world. But in addition to that, they have what's called Menu del Dia. And I sometimes remember to take a picture and I put it on the Move to Spain Facebook group. And what, what Menu del Dia is, it's usually three courses with a drink. And you've probably got about five or six things to to choose from in in each course and it's usually about 10 euros there there is one in malaga that's just gone up to six euros but i've, I've never been um but you can pay about nine ten eleven twelve euros some something in 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 that range or you can obviously if you can go to puerto bernus and look at the <laughs> ferraris and pay hundreds so that there's every every range of lunches available in in spain but it seems to me that no matter where you go, the selection is pretty much uniform. You know, you get like the mixed salad or the Russian salad, uh, and then there'll be like a burger or chicken or a fish option. Mm. Yeah, nothing much for for vegans and vegetarians uh, on the coast. No, Usually... I must admit before I moved here, I was vegetarian, but I've given up in the name of cultural integration. Yeah, I would say that if you're near the coast, there is something vegetarian. I was in a restaurant yesterday. I took a picture of the menu, and I put it on the Move to Spain Facebook group. And I think there was a there was a vegetarian option. There was a veg vegetarian burger. So there are vegetarian options, but on the whole, they will be more on the coast than inland. Inland, you might. Unfortunately, you might have to have salad and chips or something. It, it, that, it's not really a thing, is it? Vegetarianism in land Spain. No, I think, well, it's just part, it's just so, such a strong part of the culture is eating the meat and the fish. So it hasn't quite, maybe, maybe more in like Barcelona or Madrid in the city mm. centers, you would find more options. But on the coast, I, I haven't seen much, to be honest. Yeah. 
but there's lots there's lots of foods that vegetarians can eat obviously it's it's fantastic spain for fruit and vegetables it's lots are grown in almeria there aren't even really any seasons everything just grows all the time the supermarkets have things like chickpeas lentils kinds of things in jars which are very easy to prepare if people don't yeah want to eat meat and in terms of cost as well the soup in, in my opinion anyways the supermarket is a lot cheaper than than what i remember it being in canada sometimes i send my my parents uh, who live in canada a receipt from mercadona or supercore or wherever i go and they're shocked at how how cheap it is here in comparison Yeah, it 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 is. Well, we'll go on to talk about the supermarket, but I think if logically, if we if we if we move on to dinner, um, Oh yeah, from true. from 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 lunch, I've seen I have seen afternoon tea, but I've never never had one here in in Spain. But some cafes on the coast do 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 afternoon tea, so you can even have afternoon tea if you're still hungry. I mean, I I, I never really go out for dinner here that much. To be honest, I usually cook at home. Um, I I, ha I haven't had much experience eating out at at night time. Usually I've been for a couple of times for tapas, but that's just sort of a standard, you know, you can go at any time of day and the prices are pretty much the same. I don't do much ordering from a set menu on a restaurant or anything like that. No, I mean, I have a I have a place up in the mountains and I live here down on the coast and tapas is a thing on the coast, but you but you pay for it. Whereas in Granada, which is on the coast as well, but it goes inland, tapas is, well, I say inverted commas, free. You buy a drink for a couple of euros and they'll give you tapas. But it is real food. It's like some fried pork on a piece of bread. Uh, with some olives and so and some crisps, or you can get like a cheese omelet, things things like that. So on an evening, you just go out, have a few drinks. The tapas comes, so there's no actual ordering off the the menu. The, the tapas is just is just what you're given. Whereas if you went into say Malaga, and you ordered a drink. you wouldn't get you wouldn't get the small meal tapas you might get some crisps or something but you'd have to pay for the tapas it just depends on on which area of spain you you visit like I mean, I say have tapas to say, is being being on the coast, my favorite kind of paid tapas, it never comes free, is gambas pil pil, the oil oh yeah that's yeah in the that's bread. Oh my goodness, incredible. that's the that's the prawns they love um they love the the Yeah. prawns there is a there is a really good place in Malaga for sardines that they cook on um on like a barbecue but they sort of put the sardines on a stick and then hold it next to the um the fire well not hold it leave it next to the fire and that's very popular there's places in um Malaga which are very very good for for sardines I suppose you wouldn't want to cook them inside No, probably not. But I mean, even if you go for a walk along any of the paseos along the beachfront, um, the the smells of like barbecues and stuff, there's loads of restaurants. I mean, I, I live in the sort of Marbella area. And if you just go for a walk along there, there's, I would say, if you walked for long enough, there's hundreds of options and you just kind of walk until you see one you like the look of. And, you know, they've got the menus out on the street. And so you can compare prices and pick and eventually you you get tired of being picky because you've been walking for so long and you just sit down anywhere and it ends up being good. I've never had a disappointing experience. It's exactly the same Benomad and Acosta. 
Torremolinos, it's exactly the same as a Paseo Marítimo, and you walk along and you see, yeah, you see all the restaurants. And if you go east of Malaga, the Chiringuito is the word. It's basically yeah. a cafe on the beach. If you go east of Malaga, the Chiringuito is literally the t- chairs and the tables are just on the beach. They are, <laughs> there's That's no floors or anything like that. I love that in the summer. So yeah, east of Malaga, as a rule of thumb, is a lot more Spanish than the piece of Malaga to Marbella, Santa Grande. That's more. That's more European. No, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, enjoy it. I enjoy any of the food. It's all good to me. I'm I'm not very picky. <laughs> and of course, this it's this, it'll be exactly the same in in on the east coast. Uh, Sean Sean mentioned Murcia, I think Valencia, Alicante, Benidorm, Torrevieja. It'll be the same for food along there. And of course, the north of Spain, where Marisa's Marisa's doing some business in the north of Spain. Um, this week and that's brilliant for seafood as well so you, you get all over spain they love they love seafood and seafood and pork they love in spain there are so many options sorry there are just some dogs that have started barking in chorus <laughs> in the background so i put myself on mute for a second um yeah, yeah no n- never never a short supply i mean even if you think about takeaways as well um where i live there's a, a like a plot it's called centro plaza and they have pretty much any cuisine you can imagine. Um, loads of different Asian restaurants as well as Italian. And it's just is very well priced as well. You they'll deliver it or you can go and pick it up. It's you know, there's so many options. I yeah, it's I mean, cheap, th- but it's still nice. Things like I mean, things like a pizza, you can go to a restaurant or have a takeaway, and it's less than it's less than 10 euros. It's a it's the what the 30 centimeter one for for people yeah. 12 inch that is about it's always less than 10 euros you can find pizzerias with wood ovens and and things like that there's the spanish love uh, only on the lunchtime but they love the the roast chicken takeaway so you can ring up and a guy will come with a roast chicken a lot of chips a bottle of beer or coca-cola and some bread and it's about 13 euros delivered um, it's really good there's one of those near my house it's called masque pollo and it is fantastic i love it yeah and the chi- chinese takeaway there's a place near me two places near me and they do like um a three-course chinese meal you can eat in or you can take it away and that's that's uh six euros fifty so it's not not a bad price at all i mean if you're there's not much draw between the menu del dia or doing a takeaway i think it's just essentially your your setting your surrounding in one yeah, place beyond the just beach you you and... um just going out for a coffee it's about it's about 150 uh for me to go out for a for a coffee but in spain you there's a few variations but it's nothing like for example the center of london or america when it comes to coffee is it it's just no. varying degrees <laughs> of coffee and milk you don't get anything super special do you hear I mean, I'm, a, I'm a big coffee fan i must admit and in london i was probably spending maybe i don't know five pounds on a latte or something like that and you just become a bit desensitized to it but here i've never spent over three euros on a coffee so big savings big savings yeah and your standard your standard place you know stop at any bar and have a coffee it's 
I think I think one fifty, that would be your your standard, your standard price. I would say for, I mean, I'm guilty of this, and if you live in Spain, you still want to eat your your Indian food. And I can say if you go to an Indian restaurant and you have two of you, and you have poppadoms, you have starters, you have curry each, you have rice, you have a naan bread, and a bottle of really good wine. It's about fifty euros. So that would be about forty something pounds, maybe forty five. Yeah, it's just 40, under forty yeah. something. Yeah, so you can go spend the evening in an in an Indian restaurant, and you could you can spend spend that amount of money. I do have to say the funny story the the other week is everyone knows I've got a couple of rescue dogs that I spend all my time walking, and we have a route. And there was one day last weekend, I just I'm just going to go and look at that restaurant because I've walked past it for years, not past it, just past the end of the road. So I was so I was with the dogs and I walked down the road off my route to go and look at this restaurant, thinking it was maybe an Italian. Anyway, apparently it's a new Indian restaurant. So I'm talking to the, the guy that's running it and he said, oh, I'm going to keep the um, the pizzas. I said, oh, any reason? And he goes, oh, I've got a wood fired pizza oven i said what and you've got a tandoori oven as well and he goes yeah do you want to see so i tied the dogs up and off i went into the kitchen and and he was showing me the wood-fired pizza oven the the tandoori oven so that that's it's quite interesting that some restaurants do cater for different different cuisines but they genuinely can cook the the two different cuisines they're not they're not just having a go so I said to him, oh, I can mention you on the Move to Spain Facebook group. And he said, No, no, not yet. I'm having a bit, I'm having a bit of a soft opening. I don't want it to go to go too crazy too soon. Cause I think he does have a couple of other well-known restaurants in in the area. So it's always worthwhile ch- checking out the different different places. I mean, it's qu- quite a wild mix, the pizza and the tandoori. Yeah, it's literally, literally. In the kitchen, there was the wood fire pizza oven, and he opened it up and showed me all the, all the 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 embers and the wood. And then right next to it, he had a he had a tandoori oven. I would say the staff were Indian, so yeah, we'll draw you. We'll have to we'll have to go and write a review and put it on. Um, Test put it out. It on maybe, maybe when and... he does a, a not a soft opening but a hard opening, we can we can go and do a little. Oh, I think it. I think it's open. He just didn't want me to tell. 110,000 people where, <laughs> where it was. <laughs> oh, fair so, enough. So yeah, so that way we think we can go and we can go and look at that. But always use something like TripAdvisor, something like that, because you don't want to bump bump into a restaurant that and go in there and find out that nobody likes it. I mean, that's very rare here. All the restaurants are good, but you know, unless you're absolutely starving. Do a do a bit of research and see what see what their their reviews are, see what people thought. No, and I mean, like I said, sometimes it's just a case of taking a walk and seeing what you come across, and usually there's there's something pretty good on offer. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can you can see the fish being cooked. You can see the the meat being cooked. You can see you can walk past and see what people are eating. It's all very sort of outside outside eating even in january and february yeah there's all seasons it's in all seasons there's no limit on uh, food in spain yeah so so of course moving on to the whole supermarket side of things then 
yeah, obviously Spain has a, a wide degree, wide range of supermarkets, just like anywhere. And if you're from Europe, there'll be brands that you recognize Lidl, Aldi are probably the one the brands that you'll recognize here in here in Spain I mean I I'm a huge I'm a diehard fan I'd say even of Mercadona that is my favorite one I've, I love the selection of stuff in there they they have yeah, Mercado Mercadona would be like a mid-price one would that be right would it be like a mid -price I, I would say mid-price I'd say it's it's cheaper than somewhere like Supercore I find I usually find them to be I don't know if it's because I'm going yeah Supercore Supercore is um a little bit a little bit more expensive isn't it and then Mercadona is mid-price and then like Aldi Lidl is and Sup Supico um is is also uh is also cheap no, but, there's, there's lots of options in in Mercadona, for example, they have like fresh bakery section. I kind of spoke about it earlier. They've got the empanadas, they've got pizzas, they have rotisserie chickens. They, you know, you can buy a whole paella. They've they've got everything. I love it in there. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, it, it it's they they have everything, and 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 usually they bake the bread a few different times every day. But you know, some of the diehard people would want to go to the um you know panaderia which is like the the specialist bakery but don't forget there are lots of little fruit and veg shops where you can get some fantastic produce for a lot a lot less because like i said earlier everything is grown in almeria apart from maybe strawberries everything is pretty much in season yeah. all the time I've no. I was in Mercadona earlier today, and the strawberries are quite expensive at the minute. I think it's something like five euros for a planet. So oh no, there'll be nothing. There'll be nothing like that in the local Tormolinos fruit and veg shop. It'll be nothing, nothing. But like I mean, that. on the whole, it is a lot cheaper food shopping here. I've talked to my parents quite regularly, and they've said that when I send them a receipt of you know my average bill, it's way, way, way less than you know what they're spending over in north america um so it's yeah i've no i've noticed yeah i've noticed um in the news that um people from i won't say just just the canadians but a lot of people are complaining about the 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 the, the prices of things i mean i mean we i did i did take a look the other day um in a in a supermarket to see what the what the what the various prices are and you can get a liter of fresh orange juice for for 179 like that's that's obviously everything is in is in euros so you've you've got like a liter of fresh orange juice um a lot of fruit a lot of fruit and vegetables are are a euro a kilo if you say to yourself i'm just going to buy all my fruit and vegetables i'm not going to pay a you more than a euro euro 20 a kilo you can definitely do that in a in a little independent fruit shop in a in a you know in a, in a local neighborhood. You could definitely do that. Yeah, I think it's it's good to have a mix of going to the supermarkets, but then also buying local as well. I mean, even near the office here in Fuengarola, there's loads of little fruit and veg stands where you can pick a couple of things up, and they make sandwiches as well. There's one around the corner where they have uh, like a meat yeah. and a cheese counter as well, and they'll make you a sandwich. It's yeah, very, you, it's, it's not, for English people, it's not a sandwich shop, but they sell bread and obviously the, the things to put in the sandwich, and they'll just they'll just make you a sandwich in the 
in the shop, which is a, which is different, which is different. Um, so the the other thing I took a picture like bags of salad, you, they're always less than a euro. Sometimes a, a a lot less than a euro. Fresh pasta, that's like about one 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 sixty two euros for for some you know the vacuum packed fresh pasta that you put in the boiling boiling water for a couple of minutes you know and it could be stuffed i'm probably getting all the names wrong but like is it cannelloni or you know with the, with the different the different fillings i'm not talking about just plain pasta that would be about a euro but i think I, I, I might be wrong is it is a cannelloni not like a dessert where it's filled with cream oh, I've, i have no idea you, anyway if you think of round ravioli. if you think of round bits of pasta with with fillings <laughs> like ravioli i think like ravioli things like that 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 yeah like uh um they're 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 about 170 whereas just a bag of fresh pasta where you would make a nice tomato sauce to put on it that's about that's about a euro um yeah and you can get pizzas to put in the oven for like 250 big big pizzas that are fresh you, you just put them in the oven um i saw just going through some some smoked salmon 189 obviously you don't get much much smoked salmon for 189 i think it's about eight eight euros a kilo maybe um but there's all different there's all different kinds and things to go in sandwiches like 100 grams of like ham on cheese things like that it's between between one and one and two euros you spoke for choice you, you probably got like 50 different things to choose from if you want to make a if you want to make a sandwich um and then no, there's things like good. things like um all the different cheeses which is you don't think of spain as a, a cheese place like france but it is and oh, it you, very much is it, uh, you know i have tried so many nice cheeses while i've been here and in in some of the supermarkets they have like cheese wheels where you can have a, a selection of many many cheeses um, yeah. which is really good if you're having a little get together or even if you're just like me and you just want to have some cheese <laughs> yeah it's it's normally it's normally about two euros for a decent size piece of cheese and and in some supermarkets there's, there's a counter where they'll cut it for you and uh, or you can just go and buy it already sealed up so you know what you're spending you know if you don't want them to to cut it for you um so so the the meat kind of the meat is what chicken what would chicken be like about four or five euros a kilo yeah i mean usually i will buy a, like a whole chicken out of the fridge all oh, right I, yeah a whole one. chicken a whole chicken a, a, a chicken that weighs about two kilos is about is about five five euros but obviously there's varying degrees of chicken the yellow ones are the the the, the corn-fed ones and the the pinkish ones are more more industrial. <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But there's varying degrees. About if you're buying the chicken hole, it's about like I said, of five and a half euros for a for a, for a couple of kilo chicken. No, there's there's lots of good. To, I mean, even like for example, yesterday we had wings and we got some. It was like a kilogram of wings, and it's three euros. Yeah, it's um, it's that that's that 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 that's 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 cheap. Um, what else? There's di 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 chicken like chicken breast. You can get this seven euros um a kilo. I think as so well we're gonna do a little bit of a comparison because I've sent um 
I've asked somebody to go to the supermarket in Canada and take some photos for me, and we're going to compare it to the prices here. Oh, we'll I think uh, I think I think Spain's. I mean, I know I'm biased, but Spain's going to win that one, aren't they? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, definitely much cheaper. Um, and then things like you know, beef min. The, it, it, in Spain, they have what would you call it? Mincemeat. They have different kinds of mincemeat. They have pork mince. They have beef mince they have the two min mi mixed together obviously the pork one is a it's a bit cheaper but the beef one is about seven seven euros a, a seven euros a kilo um sausages are ridiculously cheap but you'd have to probably read the definition of sausage in the eu <laughs> to, to, to go to each to their own but sausages you've, you've got you've got so many um steak you can get uh, I've just looked. I've just took. A, I took a picture of it yesterday. Steaking get a, a pretty, a pretty, pretty good steak. You know, I don't know all the different types, but with with the with the grain in it, you know, a really good one. Uh, for about four four fifty fifteen euros a kilo, you can get a you can get a nice a nice steak. And obviously, there's all sorts of different types you can have. I mean, interestingly, the supermarket I was in yesterday having a look opposite there's an english speaking well he, he's irish so english speaking um independent butchers so you've got you've got whatever you want you can have supermarket meat or you can have uh you can have meat meat from the butchers and, and he'll order it and, and then what staying on the meat subject what's very interesting is from about 20 euros upwards you can buy a whole ham so you imagine you imagine the the whole leg hanging there, you you can you can have you can have that for twenty euros, ever upwards. It's it's like buying a car. You can have all different types of cars, <laughs> and you, you get a special normal. you get a special stand and a a special knife, and you can it keeps it if you cover it over it it keeps forever. I mean that's what the, the Spanish had before. Fridges were invented, and it's a way of preserving the uh, the pork, and it's very nice. And if you like ham, apparently it's good for your cholesterol. Apparently, um, so probably, ham, probably in good... moderation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and Sean can't give you any dietary advice, but if you like ham, go out and buy a big ham. No, I've uh, definitely. I can truthfully say, since moving here, my food consumption has increased, and I've definitely put on weight. So I'm not one to to give out diet advice. Must admit. <laughs> no, no. Um, what else? Um, well, you, I was going to say you... as well. Um, it's obviously I think that part of living in Spain is engaging with the the local culture and trying the food and trying to buy local as well. But if you are looking for some home comforts, I don't know about the US, but there are lots of uh, British supermarkets. The chain that I go to sometimes is called Overseas Supermarket. And they have yeah. quite a few along the Costa del Sol and they'll stock things from, so it's like kind of basically Iceland. They'll stock frozen goods, but also things from Waitrose, um, not so much Marks and Spencers, but um, Waitrose, you get a couple of uh, sort of Sainsbury's items in there as well. Uh, so if you ever do miss something specific from the UK, there, there are ways to get about it. Crisps and sweets and biscuits and things like that. Yeah, the Iceland in I've been to Iceland for in, in Fuengirola once. Iceland is a an English um, supermarket. I'm not sure if they still call it Iceland, but it, 
in is Iceland. And you go in there and it's just like you're in England. But it's interesting because all the Spanish are there to buy all the biscuits and chocolate and sweets and stuff. But yeah, but everything in there is is English. It's just like being in England. So if you were adamant that you wanted to eat English food, but you wanted to live in Spain, you can you can find everything. But of course, just just on the coast in inland Spain, you would you would definitely struggle. Yeah, most I think it's probably because there's a high concentration of uh, expat British communities on the coast. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it, yeah, it's supply, supply and demand, isn't it? So if we talk about if we talk about bread for a little while, I've lived here for years, and before that, I lived in France. So bread is very important. If you imagine like a baguette, but you imagined it was twice as wide, then that would cost you about about fifty cents, and eat, and the supermarkets would bake it four or five times a day, and it would be about ninety cents if you went to a specialist bakers so it's it's very cheap to get very good fresh bread and of course it's not limited to just baguettes they've got every single type of bread and if you want sliced bread they have that they have you know rye bread brown bread things like that you you know for for about a euro or two euros you can get a a, a sliced a sliced loaf um and then jars of jam of course they've got that all the fruit here you know let Less than a couple of euros, you can get the jars of jam, um, you know, chocolate. Al alcohol is in for English and Canadian people that alcohol must be really cheap here to buy alcohol. I think uh, if you're in the world of wine and beer, yes, I've noticed spirits can be a little bit more on the pricey side sometimes. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go, if you just want to get like a basic bottle of whiskey or something, it would start at like seven or eight euros and and go ever upwards uh you can you know and you can see the different the different brands a bottle of wine uh they they started a euro i did buy a bottle of wine to do for a video that cost a euro but of course it went in the kitchen and got and got drunk so we'll have to do that in a future video but i was yeah, in, wine, the wine in my house never stays around very long we get usually go for like it's like a three euro bottle in Mercadona, it's very good. Yeah, but this there was one in Carrefour, and it had like a tiny, tiny little label on the bottom, and the rest of the bottle was completely bare, and it was ninety nine cents. But I never got to try that because somebody drank it. But you can get a bottle. Not naming of, any names, of course. Not naming any names. You can <laughs> you can get a bottle of um, Rioja for like two forty nine. Rioja is very well known. Um, you can get bottle, bottles of wine for you know one fifty. You can even pay less. It can be less than petrol, you know, or gas for you Americans. It's 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 so cheap. Uh, Definitely, I mean, I would say petrol is probably one of the more expensive things. In uh... yeah, well, we can yeah, we can come on to that. What else? What else is there? There's a bottle bottles of beer, a euro. Big bottles of beer, big bags of crisps, a euro. Um, orange juice that isn't fresh, but in the the, the carton for a, a liter, that's about ninety cents. Milk is about ninety cents a liter. Eggs, well, eggs all eggs are all different prices depending on how tortured the the poor chicken is. But you can pay one one twenty for six. Uh, cornflakes that can one forty five for like a a no brand box, three fifty for us. For you know, like something like special K, a kilo of muesli, 
is a couple of is a couple of euros. So Spain, it, it's cheap to live. You you can spend as much as you want, really. You know, you living in Spain, cooking your own food compared to going out in Puerto Banus, would be a massive, massive difference. Because people always ask, oh, how much does it cost to live in Spain? And we all say on the move to Spain group, we have no idea. It's everything is so different. And I remember somebody from Finland commented and said, we always say, how long does it take a man to run a mile? So it, it, yeah, it is like, what it is. Piece of string. Yeah, yeah. How, in English, we would say, we would say, how long is a piece of string? So yeah, that that's basically an idea of um, what what it, what it would cost in the a in the supermarket. Uh, what else is there? Well, there's if you own a house, you have to pay EB tax, which is a bit like council tax in the United Kingdom, and I think in America would it be a property tax? Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe so. Is that annual? Yeah, EB is annual, but it, it just varies so much for any, for anybody to um to give you an, an idea. But what I can say is, you know, it can be like a, a village house in the countryside. It could be like a hundred euros a year. It it can be really it's not cheap. Bad. It's nothing. It's nothing like the council tax in the United Kingdom. So it's like having having free money if you move to Spain because you don't pay the council tax in, in, in the United United Kingdom. Um, yeah, I've had a, an exemption from the council tax as a student for the last couple of years, so I've been avoiding that one for a while. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 in Spain, a lot of the, don't get me wrong, people cook on, cook on electric, but a lot of people cook on gas. They, they, uh, they heat the water with gas. And a lot of people don't have mains gas, so it comes in a bottle, and it's about fifteen euros for a bottle. And how long that lasts depends on what you do, but it, it it's a lot of it's it's a lot of gas. So those orange gas bottles you see everywhere they're about fifteen euros. I just looked, I just looked at the uh, the price of electric today, and it it vary it varies on the time of day. So during the night it can be about 10 cent cents a kilowatt. Uh, and then during the day, it can go up to 17 cents a kilowatt. So if you can use your washing machine, water heater, you can you can save a bit of money on the, on the, the price of the electricity, but it probably doubles. The highest you're, you're paying today, I think is 19 when everybody in Spain is cooking from eight o'clock to, to nine o'clock or eight o'clock to 10 o'clock. And then during the night, it goes down to 10 cents a, um, a kilowatt. And you, if you type in Google, like Precio La Luz Hoy, pardon my Spanish, it'll give you the, it'll give you the prices. It does vary from, from day to day, but usually it's, it's cheaper, cheaper during the night. I know that compares favorably to people especially in germany when 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 the price that they're paying and i think in canada as well in england it's it's much it's much more expensive to for the electricity prices i mean that's why we we tend to run our washing machine and the dishwasher during the night we like set yeah. it on a cycle with a timer um and that helps us save a bit of money as well yeah we so 
I don't know how much it uses on a cycle, but if it's yeah, it, it's you're going to save some money obviously by using it at night. So, so moving on to petrol, gas. What do they call it in Canada? Is it petrol still? Uh, gas. Gas. So moving on to gas, it does vary massively that the different petrol or gas station you go to in Spain, much more than England. England varies, but not as much as Spain. I drove past one yesterday and gas was 145 euros a litre. So just to get this in perspective, if you're listening in America, I'm not sure what the Canadian gallon is, but the American gallon is four litres. So we would be paying um, six euros a litre, six euros a gallon for gas and diesel a lot of cars here are on diesel diesel is a little bit cheaper but it can be as much as 170 depending if it's super premium diesel or super octane petrol or something so it, it does vary but there's lots of websites and if you're living in a place you soon you soon learn where where a particular garage is People have different views about putting cheap diesel in the car, but <laughs> this is this this is not a motoring podcast. So you 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 know you can you can decide decide that for yourself. But yeah, it do, it does it does vary the price of um, petrol and diesel for English people. Uh, we sell it we sell it in liters now, but the English gallon is four and a half liters, just to confuse the the Americans and and vice versa. Is it a litre in Canada? Do they sell it in a litre in Canada? To be honest with you, I haven't had to fill up a car in <laughs> in Canada in a good maybe five years. So no, you probably you probably you probably never will in the future with the electric. No, company. no. I mean, when I lived there, I was mostly relying on public transit, so I it was never really something I ever did. Yeah, that's the difference. That's the difference in in Spain um, compared to I lived in America in, in California for a year, and here, if you're living. Even in a little village, there's always buses. And if you live on the coast, I have a car and I very, very rarely use it because the, the transport is, is excellent here. And it's free, isn't it, for short short journeys? If you're, yeah, if you're registered on the Padron, uh, which is like the, what, what would you describe that as? It's almost like a residence list in yeah, a way. it's like a residence list from the town hall. You're um, on a if list. you're registered on that, you get free um travel on the local buses not on the medium or long distance ones but i would say i think it depends on where you are because if you're outside of sort of the main let's let's say malaga for example if you're outside of that main train line so in marbella it can be a little bit more difficult to get around on the buses but there still are connections they're just a little bit more hit and miss in terms of timing they're not super regular i mean every but everybody here uses the buses and the then the trains people from all walks of life use use the buses and the trains it, it, it's perfectly perfectly normal um one thing a bit off topic is if you're looking to buy an apartment try if possible to buy a a parking space because even if you don't use it you can rent it out and you can work it out it's quite a good return so just think about a parking space obviously it doesn't have to be in the same building but at least you have your own your own parking space for one day if you need it and in the interim period you you can rent it out but the villages it's like years ago in england where every village has a bus going to the the nearest big town 
where I live, where I used to live in England, the last bus was like six o'clock at, at night. But in Spain, it, it's much, it's much better, better connected. Yeah, so yeah, really, don't automatically really think that you need to have, have a car in Spain. You know, live like you would when you were living here and think, well, we just don't need one. And again, with it being a, a lot of Spain is a tourist area, car rental places are all over the place. They're not just at the airports. If you, if you do need a car, you could just rent one. Yeah, and you can get them at quite good rates from what I've seen, because there are sometimes I consider doing a little bit of a road trip, um, but it's not too bad. It's not too expensive, but it's always cheaper to get the train or the bus. Or even yeah. Yeah, it's it's sometimes it's yeah it, it it's all it's all yeah it's always cheaper, to the buses are not are not expensive, so what else? I mean, getting your hair cut about eight euros would we say? Yeah, I mean again, that's one of those things. It's like well, it depends on where you go, what kind of experience. Yeah. If you're, if I don't you're think no I'm fat, going... it can be very cheap, but if you know, I'm a I'm a I I feel like I have an identity crisis every time I get my hair cut, so I'm very particular about where I go, and I don't mind spending a bit more money. Oh right, maybe that's something I should do then. Yeah, I just go, <laughs> yeah, I just spend about eight. I just spend about eight euros. I, think I mean, okay, like... maybe. I mean, maybe it's that people will be shocked by this. But anyways, when I was in London, I would sometimes spend maybe about fifty pounds on a haircut. But it was because it was like central London, a nice, oh! not, not like a salon or whatever, but like nice surroundings, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think I spent about fifteen euros, so I've definitely yeah. saved some money on my haircut. Yeah, obviously, so Sean, very often, but Sean has much higher standards than I do because I only spend about eight hairdress hairdressers. We just can't comment, can we? So we just have to give that a miss. No, I mean, I think I think it's just because it's to do with your self image. So if you're <laughs> not going to get out of that fragile, you want to spend a bit more money and it makes you feel better, then I think that's fine. I think to each their own. You know, I'm not going to judge on how much someone spends on their hair. Well, yeah, women's hairdressers, we know nothing about that, do we? So we can't really comment. No, nothing, no. nothing. I just know that in general, men's haircuts are way cheaper. So Yeah, it's going to be more. Yeah. Um, so if we move on to the whole thing about cars, one of the things that is expensive in Spain is the price of a, a, a used car. Not, not a new car, a used car. But in general, the older cars are not rusty. Uh, they're cheaper to maintain. So it's a little bit... It's a little bit swings and roundabouts, but old cars compared to the United Kingdom are, are more are more expensive here. If you look on sites like Wallapop, Milan Nancios, Facebook Market, they are they are more expensive. But then again, if you have an older car, it doesn't have all the computers that new cars have. It unlike the UK, they're not rusty, so it swings and roundabouts. They're easy, easy uh, to to maintain, get fixed, think things like that. The car has to be inspected. That's called um, an ITV, some ETUV, but it's written ITV for English speakers. I'll, we're going to talk about that later on. If you buy a car, like the United, unlike the United Kingdom, it's not a case of filling out a form. You go to um, a HESTOR, G-E-S-T-O-R. It's like a lawyer but they they just pass an exam they don't study for six years i don't want to say anymore because i'm a lawyer and i don't want to say anything about uh, about hairstyles but hairstyles are there to do documents and things like that and for an old for an oldish car it's a couple of hundred euros the the government imposes a 
uh, attacks. It's, it's all written down on, on the value of the card that they perceive it to be. And then you pay the Hestor. The Hestor does all the paperwork. And for an old car, it starts off at about, about 200 euros to transfer it into your name. I mean, what I would say is if you do buy a car, satisfy yourself the car's okay. If not, if you don't know, get a mobile mechanic. And then once you're ready, don't sign up, pay anybody anything until you sat in front of the Hestor and the Hestor says, do it because debts and things can can pass with the with the car in Spain. Um yeah, and I mean I think the other thing as well, speaking about used cars, it's less of like uh they are expensive, but old cars aren't by any means bad. I think the car that I have is it's like a 2012 Volkswagen and there there it has its occasional issues, but it's not bad to get it fixed. And it is a lot cheaper on the whole than getting a brand new one. Yeah, and again, it's not rusty. You know, you don't the there is the cars aren't full, all rusted away. The scrapyards aren't full of rusted out cars, and it, it may it, not have the fancy things like Apple CarPlay or Android, <laughs> Android whatever it's yeah. called, AutoPlay. But it does the job. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, yeah. They, one of the negatives in Spain is old cars are expensive. Uh, but if you you think outside the box. It, it they having an old car isn't isn't a big problem here in Spain. Um, what else? What else is it going to talk about? Um, builders and, and getting work done. I I can't really comment on the price of builders and getting work done on the cause, but years ago in the countryside, it was a hundred euros a day. I don't know if that's good or bad, but that was a hundred euros a day a, a few years ago, probably before before COVID. The only thing to, to remember is don't do any work here unless you've got the, the work license from the local town hall, because if your neighbor complains about the noise and you're doing work without a license, you'll you'll get you'll get into trouble. Um things like bags of cement are like four euros. Your average Spanish brown terracotta floor tile is about five euros a meter. Bags of Spanish plaster called Yeso are about three euros. So it's it's relatively cheap. Obviously, in the south of Spain, there's not that much wood. I know the price of wood has gone up all over the place, but wood is wood is going to be more expensive. But the Spanish have a solution for building everything without wood in any event. Uh, I remember I, I bought some. Well, it's it's very sort of community based in that usually your neighbor will be able to recommend someone who knows somebody and there's a lot of connecting that goes on a big oh network. yeah yeah every place has a has a lo has a local builder who knows everybody um just to add to the list of things that i can remember again a good few years ago like three or four years ago i bought some wooden windows like big big wooden windows a meter by a meter double glazed with shutters and I went to the Brico and they were 100 and 150 euros. There might be a tiny bit more now. So you can get an idea about, about prices and things like that. But as I said, don't don't assume you can renovate a ruin or have the work license. Just take advice. Don't take advice from the estate agent or the person trying to sell you the property. Take advice from someone like us at just law solicitors before you before you buy the by the place um what else was i going to talk about oh well, netflix. You know, entertainment and things like that yeah netflix yeah net i just had a quick look because i've got netflix and i've got no idea what i'm paying for it but 
it starts at five forty nine a month with the adverts. Uh, I I don't, but you can pay a bit more. I don't I don't have the adverts. So and 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 if you have the Spanish Netflix, don't worry because most of them you can put the the audio in English or you can have Spanish subtitles or you can you know you can help helps you learn Spanish. We've got all that. Mobile phones, well, I just have Vodafone Limited because of work. I don't want any problems. And I have 5G, even though my phone has never once said 5G. So I suspect I don't have a 5G phone. Um, and that's 28 euros a month. And I've got unlimited data, uh, unlimited calls. I think there might be some limit written down secretly in the terms and conditions on page 47. But I I've think never it's had usually a... if you use a certain amount, they throttle your speed. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. I've never never had a problem. And I know when I'm um in my place up in the mountains, I I use the mobile phone data all the time and I get 4G and I can do video conferencing and things like that. But the most you'll pay for unlimited is 28 euros a month. There'll be loads of other companies doing it for less than that. I mean, I would advise try and get a friend's phone or try and buy a SIM card first just to test that where you are, you, you receive the signal you want because you don't want to get into a, a contract or anything and find yourself not having the right connection or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'm with I'm with Orange and I pay, which is in the UK, it used to be Orange, but it's EE now, but it's still Orange here. Um, it's about 15 euros a month and I think I get 50 gigabytes of data. My phone's fully paid off because it's my old phone, but it gets the job done. Yeah. And then, oh, there was another thing just for, for, for buying things like that are used. If you go on, there's a site called Wallapop and you can search by distance and pretty much everybody is selling everything on there. You can see the feedback of the people. You can have it posted if you want. Uh, if you want clothes, there's a site called um, Vinted. I mean, there's clothes on Wallapop, but there's a site called Vinted. And people sell like new, old things. So if you if it's, if it's anything in particular, you arrive here and realise it's going to be cold, you're off to the inland of Spain in January, well, don't worry, you can pick up a you can pick up a, a coat to use while you're here. You know, don't don't panic. People talk about electrical items and things like that. And I think the general consensus is to to buy them here because by the time you've shipped them from wherever you are uh, with a different plugs, the different voltage, it's probably just better to get them here either either new or, or used. Yeah, I mean, I since moving here, my attitude has shifted a bit. I don't mind as much using secondhand things and it's just a lot cheaper and there's nothing wrong with it. Everything works well. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, you know, if if you yeah, if you want something, think think carefully about well, do I need a new one? Um, but you'll find people selling brand new stuff on things like Wallapop, and I quite like it because you can see the the feedback of the of the person. I think Vinted is the same. You can buy new clothes on Vinted if you haven't got the time to go to go shopping. You can buy old clothes if you want. You can go and help all the charity shops. There's loads of charity shops here. You can buy all sorts. So don't don't panic if you haven't packed a particular thing when you come into Spain, you can spend very little or a fortune, just like anywhere else. Even the the this like the shopping centers, the clothing in there can be quite cheap because you've got a lot of the clothing brands are owned by the conglomerate Inditex, which is a Spanish company. So things like uh Pull and Bear, Bershka, Zara, I think if my knowledge serves me correctly, 
that those are all owned by the same company. They're pretty low cost. Of course, they are leaning into fast fashion. So you might have some ethical concerns there. But yeah. on the whole, it's it's pretty affordable. And in the and in the in the campo, nobody's nobody seems to care what they wear. <laughs> no, just just whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I know that I took a load of old clothes to um my place in the countryside and stuff I'd thrown out 20 years ago. I just wear them. No, 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 but nobody cares. I mean, it's basically where the, where, where whatever covers you up the most. If you, if you're outside all day, I think <laughs> no, no, but nobody cares. So is, is that it about the, for the cost of living? Can, can we think, can we think of anything else before we move on? Is there anything else we could think of I, that people buy? I think that's kind of it. We've covered food, transportation, sort of regular services, entertainment. Oh, I have thought of something. I have thought of something, Sean. Um, if you come here on a visa, you get healthcare. So you've already bought your your healthcare. But if you need to go to the dentist, the dental side, you, I believe the dental side doesn't have to be covered in your, your health insurance. So if you go to the dentist, I can give you an example uh, a few years ago, I had a crown, and that was three hundred euros. And it, it's not the porcelain crown; it's the new, the the newer material they have. So that was three hundred euros. And the the first visit, they give you a really nice t temporary one. I think there was they do three visits here for a crown, and that was three hundred. Um, the other day, I was enthusiastically eating belly pork and broke a bit off my tooth. Um, that was a few weeks ago. And to get a white filling was 50 euros. And I've been and had checkups with x-rays and cleaning, and that was 40 euros. So you can get an, you can get an idea about, about going to the, the dentist. A lot of people, the dentist said, a lot of people are coming from England and just going to the dentist when, when they're on the holidays now, because, again, it's beyond the scope of this podcast, but it's difficult to see a, a dentist in England. Is it is that included in the insurance that you have, or do you just no? My insurance, I, I believe, I, I, you know what, I, I, I hope it isn't because I've, I've been paying separately, but I believe that if you have the insurance for the the visa, um, I came before Brexit, but if you have the insurance for the visa, you, it doesn't have to cover dental, but I could be wrong. Best don't listen to that. Anyway, let's assume you're here on holiday and you need to go to the dentist, though. Those, those are the those are the prices. And den dentist here, it's like, well, this I've never been to a private dentist in in the United Kingdom, but dentists here they're running a business. They want repeat customers. There's other dentists, so they're all very very nice and lovely facilities. They all speak English on the coast, um. So it's it's worth it if you if you if you're thinking, well, I do need that checkup or I could do with a crown. Well, if you're here for a couple of weeks on your holiday. Go to the dentist, you know, ask for some recommendations on the move to Spain group and go, go to the dentist here if you want to. It's a dream vacation. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? What did you do on your holidays? Well, I was sitting in this dental chair. But when you get the bill, you'll be quite relieved because I think I worked, I had a quick look and saw what the NHS charges in England were if, if, you, if you had a job and what they were charging here privately was cheaper than the NHS charges. Well, definitely for the filling and the and the checkup, I think. But yeah, it, it just if you if you have to, needs must, and you know, there's a perfectly competent dental industry here <laughs> waiting for you. 
Is that, is that it? Is that can we think of anything else? I think that might be it. I I can't think of anything else. No, but... no, we're not going to go down the road of how much of flowers to Valentine's Day because we have no clue, do we? <laughs> no. Well, um, we can we can move on to the the last bit. I, yeah. Questions. Okay. Uh, I okay. know that some people this week had some questions about the ITV, which we sort of discussed earlier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this can be so this can be our part three where we answer your questions. Part three is. People ask us questions, and to do that, you send us an email at business at justlostlisters.com, and we get questions on every single subject. Um, some of them we have no idea, like when you ask when you ask us where to live, we have no idea. Um, we, we tell you to take a trip round and see, see what you think. Uh, so one of the questions this week, which which was asked, was the ITV, which is the, the car inspection, which is like the, the MOT in the in the united kingdom but i think in i did do a little bit of research on this and i think in parts of canada you don't need to have an inspection other parts you have an inspection when you buy it and other parts you have a regular inspection that's i think that's the canadian rule from from what i remember the only thing i can remember that was like an inspection was that you used to have a sticker on on your license plate that they would replace occasionally i think it, uh, it, that yeah. was like it being re registered, but I did a little bit. I did a little bit of research, and it depends on where you are in in Canada. Some some places they just don't have anything. In some places they. If you're if you're leasing, because my my parents when I was younger used to lease the car, um, you would get called in by the dealership to do an inspection just to make sure everything was in order. But and they would do any repairs that they needed to. But that was about it. But you were liable yeah. for the cost. That's probably yeah. That's probably not a government thing. That's probably a a private contract thing with the with the dealer. Um, the other thing, in America, a lot of states don't don't require an inspection, and there are other states where you have to have emissions, and some states with inspections. Well, the thing about Spain is, everybody has to have the car inspected it, well it depends on how old, old the car is if you need an inspection and after a certain amount of years you have it every two years and then you have it every year and and the same for the same for motorcycles so to get an itv a car inspection an mot in spain you go online and you type in itv this they pronounce it et of it but it's itv and you type in cita c-i-t-a and then a link, a website will come up, a government website. You type your number plate in there. You click on how close your closest one or wherever you want to drive to, and it gives you some times. The earlier ones are usually the ones at like seven o'clock in the morning, which is quite pleasant in the in the in the summer. Uh, you get your appointment, and then you on the day of the appointment, you you go to the ITV station, ITV station. You type in your number plate at the computer you can select english so there's no problem you pay for it it's less than less than 50 euros it, the price depends on on which car motorcycle you have you then take your documents to the the person behind the counter you the documents that came with the car people say you need your insurance certificate i don't think you do anymore because the, the lady didn't ask to see mine but i think it's all recorded but take it just as well and then you, she tells you to look at the screen. There's all these number plates on the screen. 
when yours comes up, it tells you what what lane to drive to. Normally, there's more than one lane. You go drive in the lane. But what happens is the guy comes and he does the basic checks. Now, the basic checks are just things like the horn, the lights, the indicators. <laughs> no jokes about people using indicators in Spain. <laughs> yeah, seat- no, they don't. They don't use them. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, seat belts, things like that. All those things you can do at home yourself just to check just to check everything's working. What water in the windscreen washer, windscreen wipers, uh windows go up and down, there's no warning lights on, things like that. So he he does all that. Then you he puts some uh some sort of sensor in the exhaust. Again, make sure you've given the car a good a good blast before you before you take it for the ITV. So he measures the exhaust gases. Um, again, that's not a problem. Not quite, quite easily done. Most of them speak some very, very uh, basic English, but it's advisable to have a go in, in Spanish. And you know, and you can just learn all the words like brake, fog light, headlight, indicator, horn. You know, if you know all those words, no problem. And you know the word for forward, is it adelante? Adelante, sí. Yeah. So you go. So you adelante to the uh, which is the test the headlights. So after after you after your headlights have been tested, you move forward, and they test your brakes. You move forward to the the the, the front brakes first. You push the pedal, and you have to keep it in a the pointer in a yellow zone. And then he tells you to put your pedal to the ground, and it and it goes round. And you move forward. You do it for the back brakes again. Keep it in the yellow, and then you push it down. And they do it for the for the handbrake as well. Then you move forward and you drive over like an inspection pit. So the guy puts a radio, a walkie-talkie on your on your uh on your window, and he goes down into the, the pit and he just tells you to to move the steering wheel from side to side and put the brake on, and then you move forward and he does the same with the back brakes, and then that that's that's it, you're done. If you pass, you get a sticker. And hopefully you, you pass. Hopefully you crossed. pass. You get a pass. You get a pass to yeah, stick it on your windscreen. If you fail, you get thirty days to have everything fixed. Uh, what's wrong with the car? Will be listed. You can fix it yourself. Take it to a garage. But come back within thirty days. Get a free retest. And that's it. I mean, just learn a few words. Just learn a few words of Spanish. Just have a go. Chances are. They're going to speak a little bit, a little bit of English, but of course, we always say try, try in Spanish. There's not that many words you can write them down. No, it's never. So, it's yeah, never that's it. A hassle. Yeah, that that yeah, that's that's basically it. Getting your car or motorcycle inspected. I think if you have like a little moped or a a tractor or something, then they have like a mobile one that comes to the villages, but that's only for certain types of um of vehicles. So yeah, I think I think that I think that's it. I think that's it, Sean. There's no guest today, and they've um... no guest today, no no one. Oh. But if you are interested in coming on, send me an email at business at justlawsolicitors.com. We'd love to love to chat with you if you have any experience that you'd like to share, specifically any stories about your time in Spain, um, or you know, if even if you run a business or or a service and you're interested in talking to us. Um, yeah, be- we're always interested in people who've made the who've made the have made the move to Spain, or people who've trekked all over Spain looking at looking at different things. That that that's very interesting. So we all we try to do a podcast every week, 
and obviously you're listening to this, but we're on Spotify, Apple, um, Google, Amazon. And we also try to do like one-off specials, like question and answers, if we get too many question and answers to go through. So, but thanks for look, for listening to the podcast, the Just Lost Listers Move to Spain podcast. And we have a Facebook group, uh, Move to Spain, if you'd like to join that. And before you ask a question, if you could just search... <laughs> We'd be very grateful. Yeah, I've also pinned some of the um, blog posts up at the top under the featured post section. So you should be able to search through and find a lot of answers to your questions listed on our blog. We've also got a lot of interesting blog posts coming up. John and I have been hard at work. There's one coming up, um, I think, Thursday or Friday, which is an interview with some Canadians and sort of the questions they had about moving to Spain. So that will be coming very, very soon. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I I remember that one, yeah. So, yeah, so just, um, you know, leave us a review if you can, if you've liked it, we'd be grateful. Thank you very much. Yeah, it would be great. Thank you very okay. much for listening. So we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Welcome to the... Just Law Solicitors Move to Spain podcast. I'm John Tell, Director of Legal, and I'm with... I'm Sean. I am Marketing and Business Development at Just Law Solicitors. All right.